What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode. Hope you've enjoyed the international break so far. Said no FPL manager ever. It feels like an absolute age since game week four. So I thought it'd be a good opportunity to bring this episode to you guys, review my game week four, kind of my plans over the international break and how I'm setting up for game week five. And also, thanks to everyone who's been submitting their questions on social media. I've got loads on Instagram and Twitter. So I'm going to be running through the usual stuff, trying to answer as much as possible for you guys. And uh, yeah, just try and keep some entertainment throughout this international break because it's an absolute killer. So um, hopefully you guys have had time to sit back and relax a little bit. And although it's a bit painful not having any FPL, sometimes it can be a nice little break for those managers who haven't enjoyed the best starts of the season. Myself included, not the best starts of the season. I've uh, uh, currently ranked 459,000th in the world. So after a good start to the season, I've had back-to-back -back red arrows and uh, just, you know, happens in FPL so I'm not panicking too much had 49 points in game week four as I mentioned felt like an absolute age ago but um it was a bit of a tricky game week really for for, for my squad in particular the um the only returners were the defense really so the big at the back finally returning the goods for the team and being mainly the the main breadwinners in the side so I had the likes of Dinier picking up uh, assists I had Robertson, Van Dyke, clean sheet. Zinchenko, clean sheet. And my only midfielder to get uh, any returns was the the painful Sigurdsson that I've been discussing in previous videos about how I was going to hold him for this game week. And it was his last sort of opportunity to impress me before possibly getting the cut. So I'll talk about more about that later. But finally, returning an assist looked good in that game. But uh, yeah. Obviously, a lot of chat about how big at the back hasn't worked so far this season. So for those who are stuck with double Liverpool and Man City defenders, good work there. That was my main returners in the side. And uh, obviously, for those Sterling owners, uh, I've only only owned one City attacking asset, and that is in Sterling. Come off so good so far this season. But obviously, game week four, De Bruyne and Aguero absolutely killing it. So... um work to those who brought in either of them too and I've definitely got my eye on a couple of City players so I'll talk more about that in my game week five sort of plans but yeah obviously the likes of I got Josh King in the side who has had a pretty torrid run in FPL so he's currently on the chopping block. Pookie getting a blank that I actually put out a uh, bit of a tweet recently about how I thought Pookie could be on the chopping block for some managers and got a bit of a mixed reaction some favoring the decision some others obviously firmly against it so be interested to check that out. i've got a thread in the um in the description so it'd be worth checking it out just seeing what sort of point i'm coming from but it was mainly talking about how his fixtures are quite tough coming up and the way in which norwich are playing right now i'm not sure whether we are over estimating norwich as a team or not so be sure to check that out in there and see how you're how your views are on it. But yeah, Pookie obviously blanking in. So yeah, there's a couple of players on the chopping block for my side that I need to spend this international break deliberating over whether I need to go for a points hit, free transfers, wild card, etc. etc. So a lot of time to think about what to do, and I'm sure a decision will be made soon and hopefully the right one. So um my my kind of plans right now for the squad is to avoid a wild card if possible. Uh with my current side that I have I don't see it necessity to get in a uh, whole new side. The way I look at wild cards is 
trying to make at least six significant changes to your side, five or six. It can obviously vary. Sometimes if you need to change your structure completely, that'll be a case of doing that. So veering from a five at the back to a three at the back and putting more emphasis in the striker position, that can require a lot of surgery to the side and therefore wildcard is a good option. But for right now, pretty set on the structure pretty set on the players I have right now so wildcard isn't really in my thoughts right now so um yeah that's the current thoughts on the side guys like a few changes to be made and then I'll, I'll chat about them later on but as I usually do just want to whip over the uh game week four dream team a few players who have caught my eye a little bit in that dream team so kick off Richarlison 15 points over the weekend, picked up two goals. Really, really good performance by Richarlison. Looked like he was going to go off at one point with an ankle injury. So really benefited Everton for him staying on the pitch there. And um, for those who didn't watch that game, Everton looked quite an attack inside in that game. They have been starting the season quite well, defensively keeping a lot of clean sheets. But that was the first game I watched of Everton where I thought that they actually could be some real good value FPL in regards to attacking. Now, obviously, I held Sigurdsson over this time period and Wally has been a good asset. And now the likes of Moise Keane, Richarlison, Awobi is a really interesting shout in that midfield. Quite a cheap price, so I'm going to be keeping an eye on him. But yeah, Richarlison making the dream team. Currently priced at 7.9 million. Now, obviously, quite a bit of a budget to invest in, but really one to one monitor guys because he had a good season last year kind of one of them players that has purple patches who have a really good few weeks and dip out dip in so good to watch him good to see him get on the score sheet obviously clearly quite low low ownership but for me i think he's definitely on the watch list just to see how he performs and whether he can maintain that level and whether everton are going to keep that front four because i think if they keep a front four of sigurdsson moise keen up top and then it will be and Richarlison on the wings. I think they have real potential to score a lot of goals this season. So definitely ones to watch there. Um, and of course, like the dream team, the man that everyone's been kind of talking about right now, and rightly so, is uh, Kevin De Bruyne. Currently don't own him on my side, and it's killing me week on week not having him in my side. He's uh, absolutely on fire. Those who haven't checked out, he's averaging nine points a game right now, which is absolutely ridiculous. Got a goal and assist on the weekend. You know, fixtures are looking amazing for Man City and currently priced at 9.8 million. His underlying stats are actually performing at the same level as the likes of Salah and Sterling. So he's just amazing FPL value right now. Now, whether this can be sustained or not, I'm not sure. Obviously, nine points per game is a, a ridiculous average that if he was to maintain that would be the highest ever score. I imagine it'd be about 350 points in a, in a season. So while it's unsustainable, I think, it it's still incredible form. De Bruyne shouldn't be surprising people. I put a tweet out in pre-season how I felt he could actually be a better option than Sterling throughout the season. And if he does maintain this form at his FBL price, I don't see any reason why he won't be able to do that this season. I said how if you go for De Bruyne, solely De Bruyne, you kind of accept that Sterling is going to outscore you. But I don't see the difference being significant, especially at that price gap. So for those who don't own De Bruyne, clearly I'm not saying for you to have to get him in, but if you can get him in and you're having second thoughts, I think the eye test, the underlying stats, the fixtures, the way City are playing, he is just one of the best players on the game in terms of his price. So be sure to get him out because he's going to be 10 million before we know it. And currently right now, I'm finding a way to try and get him on my side because he's just looking unstoppable right now and just enjoy watching De Bruyne really it's nice to own players who actually like watching play so 
rather owning than not owning for sure. So, um, and the last one in the dream team that kind of stuck out for me and one that a lot of people kind of targeted as having an awesome season this year. And that's Jamie Vardy. Now, currently priced at 8.9 million. He falls in that awkward price back bracket for forwards where there's significantly cheaper strikers that are performing at the same level to him. And then there are the premiums forwards who kind of have that aura about them where they know they're premiums, therefore they're going to do very well, etc, etc. But Vardy falls in that price bracket where the likes of Pukis, the Hallers, are all kind of performing at the same level. And why would you go to Vardy when you can save yourself two, three million and go into the lower price forward? So I can understand why Vardy hasn't had as much love at the start of the season, but a goal in game week three, two goals and an assist in game week four, he's starting to pick up that sort of level. And obviously the back end of the last season, Rodgers took over around January, February sort of time. His stats under Rodgers were really, really good. And for those who haven't checked him out, be sure to kind of like, get an understanding because Vardy suits this Rogers side and although Leicester have had obviously a slow start to the season but not scoring as many goals as we would have expected with the attacking talent they do have I think Vardy is one that could lead some FPL squads really I think at 8.9 million he's still brilliant value I'm still not completely sold on Kane and Aubameyang Aguero clearly is amazing FPL asset but the rotation there is a bit of a risk and I think with Vardy I think Leicester have a bit of indifferent fixtures coming up in the next couple of weeks. But after that, they have some really good fixtures coming up. And 8.9 million, I do think that Vardy could be a real, real good value pick. And for those who have held on to the wild cards, Vardy's the sort of player that I think is very easy to get in with a wild card and very difficult to get in. Now, some team structures have been going big up top and some have obviously gone for the mid-price. Little teams that I've seen have gone for the lead in the line with the likes of Firmino, Lacazette or Vardy in that price bracket. So obviously, if you have the big man up top, like Aubameyang Kane, you can easily come into Vardy's. But if you're hanging around the Barnes, the Hallers, the Pukis, it'd be quite hard to get that three million to go into the likes of Vardy. So if you do have your wild card and you're holding for a few more weeks, keep an eye on Vardy because I do think in the coming weeks he could be an amazing FBR asset. So be sure to keep an eye on him. So that's the roundup of the... Uh, game week four dream team guys let me know in the comments how many of these you own because obviously starting to be a bit of a trend in there the man city players you know it just seems like they're they're the ones to own right now i just think they're the best team in the league so um moving on to quick shout out to the fpl league thanks to everyone who's uh, obviously been joining the league this season entries are still open so be sure to go into the description follow the link join the league see if you can beat me like a lot of people are right now, unfortunately. 42nd in my own league right now. Not the best start to the season, but only a testament to the, uh, the quality, I would like to think, of the league, as that can only be the reason. Otherwise, I'll be accepting I'm a bad FPL player. So we're going to say it's quality of the league, and let's see at the end of the season. But um, quick shout-out to everyone who uh, has entered and couldn't going to run through the top 10. Usual stuff. So 10th place, Kevin Saputra. I hope that's right, Kevin. Um, 93 points this week. Currently 257 points overall. And uh, triple captain Aguero. So a great shout there, Kevin. Awesome work. Ninth place, Oisin McCormack. Probably that. Team name Naughty Dogs. Uh, 52 points. Joint 257 points overall. Iztiak Oifat. I think that's pronounced right. Eighth place. 51 points. 258 overall. Milek. 53 points, 
261 overall and team name is what I resonate sometimes and that is wise man's doing this and to be fair I do think that sometimes but after a bit bad game week so uh, great name there um, Divyal Sharma 58 points this week 261 overall good work fifth place now we're getting into the the big places uh, Owen Baxter team name good I, I got boys oh, sorry I can't shout out every team name but the ones that are catching my eye I'll give a special shout out so be uh be honored and that's uh Obi-Wan Kenobi Neil good name there 55 points 264 overall fourth place Sharif pretty good name actually <laughs> uh TAA very much which obviously is ta very much so a uh, bit of an English knob there uh 53 points 266 points overall and in third place Ben Pugh and um as a Chelsea fan and a little tear over his name, Eden, come back. Yeah, please come back, Eden. 90 points, awesome work there, 273. Second place, Samuli Heike. Apologies for that, probably spelt wrong. Uh, 59 points, 280 points overall. And first place right now goes to Abel Muticia. Probably wrong, but uh, team named The Cop. Easily, I should have probably just said the team name and um, 65 points, 284 points overall. And real shout out there to um, to Abel because he is currently 4,986 overall. So, quality work there. Hope to see you stick in that top 10 for the rest of the season. And you know, quality work there. So, great work as usual, overshadowing me. So, we're going to quickly move on from my own team until we remember that. So because it's international break, I thought the hot topics haven't really come come to fruition necessarily. And I usually do a bit of a section on this. So I'm going to do a specific video and article based on some hot topics. And these are going to be answered by some uh, guests in the article. So I can get a bit more of a range in uh, opinion on some of the hot topics. So I'm going to move straight on to the last section, which is going to be just questions from social media that I can quickly run through um, and hopefully... What I'll do, guys, and what I usually do is I usually do a Friday live Instagram, what the kids call Insta Live, and um, usually do a 20-minute takeover where you can ask me any questions. So although these questions might be relevant right now, they might not be relevant by Friday. So be sure to check that out on my Instagram because I usually find that it's really good just to chat to you guys face-to-face -face and actually answer questions a bit quicker and um, a bit more in time. So that's always a good function functionality. And then Twitter on the um, deadline day, three hours before, answer all your Twitter questions. So be sure if I haven't answered your questions, head over to there. I'm on my phone for like three hours straight, just smashing out questions. So be sure to check that out. So moving on to uh, Instagram questions. Uh, thanks to everyone who headed them over, got loads through. So I'm gonna just run through as many as I possibly can in the time. And um, hopefully I can cover kind of the main topics that you guys have been asking. So first question has been asked by Joseph Ogie and um question is should he hold Juan Bissaka so for those who don't know currently flagged on um the game for possible injury now we're not sure how severe it is so be sure to check it out in the press conferences by Solskjaer but I would say that right now Man United are a bit of an interesting one because there's a bit of a chat about a uh, defensive crisis right now at Man United and whether we should all jump off their assets or not and Bit of an interesting stat that I thought, and obviously for those who have do mainly like eye test coverage, I think it's important to go with 
judgments how you feel you should make in transfers. But an underlying stat that I thought was really interesting was how Man United actually have the best expected goals against in the league, and that's at 2.85. So quite a surprising stat, really, as a lot of people have been seeing United quite fragile over the last few weeks. But, you know, with an, un with an underlying stat like that of 2.85, I think that it's a sign that Man United aren't performing as poorly as you may think. Now, whether that's going to continue or not, I'm not sure. Obviously, they have mixed fixtures coming up. They have Leicester at home, West Ham away, Arsenal at home, Newcastle away, Liverpool at home. So don't see many clean sheets coming in these fixtures. Tough games against good attacking outfits. So I do think with Wan-Bissaka, you'd only be holding him really for his attacking potential, which he doesn't really possess. Now, I personally think there are better options available at its price range. I think if you can really stretch up to the likes of Dinier Everton at 6 million, 6.1 million, he's a great option there. But if you have to remain in the 5.5 sort of area, I think you should really take a look at Man City and how they are going to be lining up over the next couple of game weeks. They have some great upcoming fixtures. And with the Laporte long-term injury, I think the likes of Otamendi, Stones and Sinchenko are real good FPL options. Now, of course, you're getting into a bit of a risk with the Pep Roulette, but I do think that there is going to be a real standout option at 5.5 million in that back line. So one to really watch there in the defence. So for me personally, I think while Wan-Bissaka is going to be a good long-term asset, in these upcoming fixtures, I wouldn't expect a lot of clean sheets. So you're relying on the attacking uh, returns that he doesn't possess. So for me, it would be a sale, but not a pressing sale. If you have more fires to put out in the side, I would do that first and foremost. So hope that helps, Joseph. Uh, moving on to the next question, and that is from Liverpool FC. Uh, two questions, actually, so I'm going to run over these quickly. First question, Stones or Otamendi? So like I just touched on about um, Wan-Bissaka replacements, with a long-term injury to Laporte, that's opened up two centre-back spots on the side. Now, a lot of people have been talking about Fernandinho playing that centre-back position, which I can definitely see happening alongside the likes of Walker could also go there but their two named centre-backs are John Stones, Otamendi so I do think that one of them two is going to at least cement a position in there and my money would go on Otamendi uh, played the last three games 90 minutes um, 5.4 million so real real good value Stones as well is at 5.4 million but it's currently suffering from a little bit of an injury so Need a bit more of an update from Pep on how significant that is. But for me, Otamendi is the pick of those two. Played the last three and also has proven over the years that he is an attacking option as well. Scored four goals in the 2017-18 season. So for me, if I had to pick one of the two, Otamendi would be my choice. I think he could actually be one of the value picks of this sort of time frame right now. Especially how long Laporte's going to be out for. I think he could be a real good option. So... Hope that helps there. And let me know, guys, what you're opting for there. Be interested to see if you think Man City could provide some real good value in the defence after that Laporte injury. And the other question, which is a real good comparison again, is uh, Daniel James or Mason Mount. Now, both have had real good starts to the season, obviously playing the Championship last year, have been able to transition their skills into the Premier League this year. And real young attacking talent, both of them. Dan James with three goals, Mason Mount with two goals and um, both look like real good options in the size. Now, Daniel James is a little bit cheaper at 6.1 million. Mason Mount has seen quite a few price rises, currently priced at 6.4 million. 
Um, but if I had to choose one of the two, I do think that Mason Mount justifies that additional 0.3 in his price bracket. I think set-piece responsibility now, you can see that he has ownership in that in a lot of areas of the pitch. He also has shown that he can score goals, real good finish for the ball. But more importantly, is his rotation doesn't look bad in this Chelsea side. I would have thought with Barkley that he would have been rotated on the 60-minute mark, but it looks like Lampard has real faith in Mason Mount, playing 90 minutes in all four of the games. And I really do think that, although Chelsea have been a bit dodgy over the weeks, they are showing that they are a decent attacking side. And Mount being the main threat in that number 10 or coming off for the left, I think he could be one to really look out for. And if you are looking for a player at that price bracket, I do think that a 6.4 million Mason Mount should be one on everyone's radar. So that'll be my pick uh, for that one. So guys, again, let me know what you think there. What I will say is Mason Mount does have two tough upcoming games coming. Wolves away, Liverpool at home. So it might not be a desperate transfer right now. I do think James has the better fixtures over the short term. But in the long run, I do think Mason Mount will come out on top there. So thanks for that question. So a question from FPL underscore Codebreaker, and that is best Perez option. Now, obviously, Perez was touted to be possibly one of the best FPL value picks of the season at 6.5 million playing in this attacking Rogers side. But right now, it looks like he is really struggling to not only perform in this side, but actually get starts in the side. He's been dropped in the last two games. And for me, I do think that while Perez could be a good option throughout the season, I think the stats and the eye test suggest that he is a man if you do own him to get out of your side. He's gone down to 6.2 million. So for those who have held, you have lost value in him. And I do think that this is going to keep going down if he keeps performing or not even getting game time under this Rogers side. The likes of Barnes or Brighton look like they fit much better in this team right now. So I think it is time to jump ship if you haven't already. And in terms of the best options, I think, as I spoke about with the James Daniel James Mount options, I think if you do have the money in the bank, I think Mount is a good option to go up into. Obviously, there are better players going up into the 7, 7.5, but making the assumption that you only have around 6.2, 6.4 million in the bank, I think Mount would be your first priority, but be considerate, considerate of the upcoming two fixtures. He has quite tricky ones there and how they might balance the Champions League coming up. But I think Mount is the best option. If you're looking to downgrade, you could look at the likes of possibly Lanzini at West Ham. I do think that he is a good option this year. And playing in that attacking midfield with the likes of Anderson, Haller, Yarmolenko on the right, I think Lanzini could be a real, real smart pick in that midfield. So if you want a little punt, West Ham's for good fixtures coming up. He'll be my option as well. So between those two for me, and obviously, as I mentioned, Daniel James does provide value, but Mount would be my first pick in there. So thanks for that question. Uh, question from... Yaz, Yash Raj, uh, 5507, apologies if I got that wrong, and that's the question he's asked is Kane or Aguero? Now obviously Kane has uh, started the season in okay fashion, penalty in on the weekend against Arsenal, that's his third goal of the season, but Aguero has been the one who's really flown under, under the radar, five goals already, looks amazing FPL value even at 12 million, however what I want to earmark is that there is rotation potential in Aguero. Now, Jesus has been injured for the last couple of game weeks with a niggling injury. But when he does return to the side, I do think that Aguero is going to share minutes with Jesus. And while Aguero, I do think, is the better FPL option if he was to stay similar to Kane in terms of game time, I think Kane would be my pick. A million cheaper 
And this is if I was to hold it for the entire season, guys. So this isn't necessarily short term. This is if I held it until game week 38. I think Kane has the game time security. He has good upcoming fixtures, come, which is like a really important factor. And um, also shares set-piece responsibilities. We know he's on penalties and all. Whereas Aguero, I do think in the short term, with their fixtures, is an amazing option. But just keep an eye out for Jesus, because when he does come back in, I do think this is the year where Jesus is going to get plenty more game time. And Pep might see Aguero more for them big Champions League nights and can play Jesus in the mid to lower table team. So... I think short-term Aguero, but in the long-term, Kane might finish out on top on this season. But uh, a real interesting debate there. And Aguero has been really catching the eye, obviously, with his two goals over the weekend, showing everybody why he's still absolutely mustered. So, yeah, thanks for that question. And that's my thoughts there. And um, last question here is going to be from Moo underscore Reza underscore P and that's uh, Sterling or Aguero. So pretty similar question there in regards to the Man City assets. And as I mentioned, Aguero has really been catching the headlines over the last few game weeks. But I do think that in the long term, Sterling is the man to own. The long-term injury to Sané has basically meant that that left side of the midfield is his. I think he's going to be there most of the season. And I don't see any reason why Pep's going to rotate him. I think he's his main man. And there has been chat about Sterling and whether he is a rotation risk. But you only have to look at his last like 30 league matches and he hardly ever gets rested really he's just like a mainstay in that team and I do think it's kind of a bit of a myth that he does get rotated and um for me I think Sterling's post is still some of the best underlying stats in the game like I said rotation risk isn't really a problem with him I do think Aguero as I mentioned could be rotated in the future with Jesus so I think if I had to pick a long-term option and probably even a short-term option I think Sterling would be my pick and I would be comfortable to hold him for the whole season so for me if I had to pick one it would be Sterling so yeah thanks for all the questions guys I think that's going to be it for this episode as I mentioned keep an eye out for the hot topics uh, video and article that's going to be coming out I'm going to get a few guest accounts to answer them questions and get a bit more of a varied opinion on them um, so yeah, I also have Tuesday Top Tip coming out tomorrow. Hope you've been enjoying that series. Um, just trying to provide like a short five minute tip on that week coming up and how uh, it could benefit you, especially as an FPL manager as in general. So hope that's provided some value and be sure to check that out. Follow usual place guys uh, at Football Advice 5 on Twitter, FPL Football Advice on Instagram, website www.footballadvice.co.uk. And uh, yeah, really hope you enjoyed these videos and uh, podcasts. Be sure to like and subscribe if you haven't already. And if you haven't, why haven't you? Um, no, just joking. Obviously, you can do what you want. And um, yep, see you next video, guys. Hope you enjoy it and uh, have a good game week. Cheers.